Oh, hey, Alice. Fancy seeing you here. Uh, you walked in at a good time. I got Perry and Russell from Spirits Republic. And then we got uh, Gabe here as well. Howdy. You remember Gabe, uh, Honey Dagger and Hound Dog Symphony. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks for oh, and uh, we also got Richard DeMayne's Ricky DeMayo here as well. Um, he's kind of outside of his uh, comfort zone. So he's a little shy right now. Uh, but you guys have a new song coming out tomorrow, Cinco de Mayo, uh, Brain Poke. Um, like your music, this interview is just going to kind of just be all over the place and not <laughs> stick on one thing at all. So um, what what is what's the inspiration for Brain Poke? Did you guys write that together? We definitely wrote Brain Poke together. Three years ago? Something like that? I don't even remember yeah was it three years ago i mean it's like loosely i think it was 20, 2021 i think yeah. we wrote it and um yeah that song was a doozy if i remember correctly i wrote like chunks of that on guitar and brought it to you guys i'm like i think this needs to be just really over the top and then me and you worked on the lyrics together yeah those also took a minute to just hammer down but yeah. you know we didn't want it to be like too on the nose pandemic stuff we wanted to have a pretty loose interpretation i think we captured that as best as we could. I think the only thing that has to do with the pandemic is literally I hear me hearing brain poke somewhere. And I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> a Q-tip right that's up cool. to the noggin. Yeah, it's a good time in the world. We should write a song about, about it. Yeah. And then is that going to be on Sleeper? It yes, is. it is. Okay. And then uh, Sleeper's coming out May 19th. Uh, May 19th, yeah. yeah. Be on the lookout for that, Alice. And then you guys are playing a release show yeah, at the Cobra Yes. Um, the next day, the 20th. Yeah, the yeah. 20th. And that's the Cobra front room. Chemtrail, Psychic Nurse, Saturday night, yeah. 8 p.m. Free show. That's what's up. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't 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 be late, Alice. Don't sleep on uh sleeper, because uh I'll know. I'll be there. We'll all know. Well, we'll know. Yeah, we'll know. <laughs> <laughs> um wait, what you got coming out? Um coming up. Oh man. Uh coming down. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, Honey Dagger's traveling to Illinois to play a show. Um, it's literally just my cousin's graduation party. She was like, do you, does your band want to play my party? And I was like, nice. we'll totally play your party. <laughs> and then after that, May 22nd is Hound Dog Symphony's first show. Hell yeah. Got a little band assembled of some pals that were, I was just going to play myself and Scott from Honey Dagger, but then I had other friends that were like, I'll play with you. I'll play some keys. I'll play bass or whatever, you know. I guess that's how it works. That's how you just assemble a team real quick. Yeah, Avengers assemble. Yeah, Nick Fury. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Wow, where's that going to be at? Uh, Cafe Coco. Okay. Oh, that's nice. what's up. Yeah, yeah, we'll Cafe Coco. And booking with them is really easy, thanks to, hmm. what is it called? Can't remember, but Bernadette Booking. Bernadette Booking is, like, super chill. Dudes. Right on. Yeah. Um, what about... Um, spirits republic like as a name what what is where how'd you come up with that so a long time ago before perry was in the band um we were at our original drummer taylor's house trying to think of names and we had some we had some stinkers in there for sure but um always do. we I, I think after like an hour of us just sitting there like you know he starts grabbing books out of the shelf and he was really like well read and considering that like me and ricky basically can't read you know like you know, we we're just like let's see like Let's see what's going on. And um, he whips out a book. It was like a Spirit of the Republic. 
and then we're like spirits republic and then we're oh we don't hate that you know so it got like whittled down to a couple other like pretty pretty bad names and then we're like okay like spirits republic we all don't hate it so um so we rolled with it we we're almost the wild argyle <laughs> we we're almost a uh, gar sucra because um it was a combination of our favorite foods um mine was sushi um taylor's from like macon georgia so like it was like okra because that's amazing. That's amazing. It's a weak. I was like, what's your favorite food? I was like, an any? Whatever. And then Ricky's was garbage. <laughs> so, all right, for sure you want that? Yeah, gar- garbage. All right. So, Garcia. And then, like, I think I, my mom, like, basically begged, she said, do not name your dad. Oh, you were really considering it. I, oh, yeah. I started <laughs> considering it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we went with Spirits Republic, and, and here we are. Well, um, it, I'm, I'm really glad you did yeah <laughs> as great as the merch would be for um what what did you say garcucra garcucra yeah like i mean i could i already have it like okra inside like a sushi roll like in a trash bag or something oh, you know wow. that, listen yeah yeah it would have been that's what we should have named the et Man. <laughs> well it's not too there actually was a garcucra song which i found it's actually on the desktop of my computer like we played it one time in like the first like six months of the band it was like it had a cool like little breakdown in it, but like it really wasn't a very good song. <laughs> so how long have you been operating as Spirits Republic? Long time. Our first show, I think, was in November of 2016. So we've been kind of doing this for a while. Yeah. In a couple different iterations of the band. But yeah. I remember seeing you guys years ago. Um, I can't remember where, but like you, have long hair. you guys have been a long, been around a long time. We've been around, yeah. Uh, me and Ricky met. We both actually like moved here at the same time in like January of twenty. This was January twenty sixteen. Um, we met over that next summer, but um, yeah, no, we've just we haven't let it die. <laughs> <laughs> just keep... the music never dies. The music does not die. <laughs> where are you from? Uh, I'm from New York originally. Okay. Are you also from New York? I am. We're both we're, from Long yeah, Island. Yeah, we're both from Long Island, New York. I gotcha. So you, like, it's okay if you want to end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're... See, Alice, um, I've never actually been to New York, but my my sister and my parents live there now, and I'm actually flying out next month. Oh, that's um, part of the um, South uh, Wappinger Farms, somewhere. Falls? Falls, Falls? Wappinger Falls, something like that. Okay. I, I don't, say that's I'm near... so bad with geography, but yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah that might be like southern tier near binghamton or watkins Glen. i'm trying to think no I have no clue it's too, bad. It's too bad we don't have a map or anything <laughs> i didn't bring my map yeah I just fold it out it's like see <laughs> this is a uh, um but while i'm up there i'm gonna go to um it's called the entheon um also known as the chapel of sacred mirrors but it's uh um the band Tool, the guy who does all of their album art. Alex oh, okay, Ray. I know Alex where Ray. this is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, so yeah. Kind of uh, that's kind near of... um, New Falls, yeah. isn't it? Okay, I, I, honestly, I have no yeah. idea. <laughs> um, no matter how far it is, I will drive from my parents' house to go do that because um, I might as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah you should. I, I actually have no people have been there. Right? Really? Cool. I haven't been there myself. I hear it's pretty. I yeah. I'm very excited. Um, I I think it'll be interesting if nothing else. It does look a little culty, but I was watching an interview with Alex and Allison Gray, and they were, um, um, it was Joe Rogan, and he was talking, he was asking them, like, why are you guys at church? And they were talking about how it's a tax status thing, and, like, that allows them <laughs> to do certain things that otherwise you wouldn't be able to legally. Of course. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, 
Um, they seem like pretty level-headed people, um, even though they got some out-there ideas. It, it'll be interesting to just... They've uh, a pretty successful life for themselves. Over yeah, the years. Yeah, yeah. I have some Alex Grape artwork in my house. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll take a bunch of pictures to show you guys. But um, it, it looks like, like you guys have seen the outside of the building, probably. I think so. It's like, it's got all these like DMT faces on the outside, oh, yeah. like wrapped around the building. Yeah. And then you go inside and it's just like this huge art exhibit. Um, at least that's what it looks like for me. Yeah, pictures. so like the 10,000 Days album cover a little bit? Yeah, okay. actually. Yeah, yeah a lot like that. Um, what have you guys been listening to like like in the last like week? Last week's been pretty eventful music-wise. I was at the Eastside Bowl Friday night to see Microwave. Shout out Microwave from Atlanta. Uh, so they're like a post-grunge alternative kind of heavy but also pretty dynamic band so i don't know go on a kick like when i see a band live and it's only my second time seeing them but like i'll just be all about them and then i don't know coming up there's some prog metal shows there's one taking place at the east room um i'm gonna head up tonight there's mastodon gojira haken coming up I know you're a haken guy yeah so um gojira mostly first. that stuff <laughs> i think that that's really funny like um everything you named has been like live shows you're going to or been to um like what do you listen to in the car like recently i was mostly podcasts when i'm driving okay honestly um yeah music i don't know like when we're in the writing process because we've been also working on new stuff while this stuff is being pushed out so i'm trying not to listen to too much music on the way sense. to practice so i don't have like outside influence oh, yeah. right i don't want to have, <laughs> i don't know no, I like going in fresh when we jam because we start every practice like a 15, 20 minute jam. So. We're the best jam band that no one will ever see. <laughs> that makes sense. Because yeah. um, like obviously a lot of um, like you guys have a really good synergy and obviously the songs like I've seen you guys perform is um, something you guys have like nailed down and like practiced. But I I bet the the um, formulation of that is almost like a jam. <sighs> Kind of. So, I mean, it comes from like different directions because some it just depends like how we're writing. Sometimes, like as the singer and guitarist, I will come in with like pieces of a song, you know, like verses and choruses, and we write off of that. Other times, we are literally just jamming for 15, 20 minutes, and it sounds like nonsense to us. And then we like listen to it back, right? Like, oh, wait, this was really tight. Or like there was like a piece, like, oh, you were doing that thing. Like, Greg, Ricky, you're doing that tapping thing. And then, like, he'll start playing it. We'll start making a song out of nothing. And then it becomes, like, let's see how many parts we can try to pull out of our ass at one time <laughs> um, before we completely burn out and have to take a fiver. And then <laughs> and then it becomes the, the long writing process of actually finishing those songs. Um, but, yeah, I would say, I mean, for most bands, I feel like just getting out there and improving and just, like, warming up properly like we were able to do that for the show last night which was like super nice because everyone showed up like an hour early and we're like okay we could jam for 10 minutes and like run some songs because you know fun fact we actually even though like i feel like we were pretty tight last night we were really bad in practice on thursday <laughs> like really even like my fiance like in the upper level of the house was like oh so pretty <laughs> you guys fucking suck <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> no i just didn't i mean the truth is is that like, I'm kind of a professional pot smoker, but Perry <laughs> hadn't smoked in a month, so it was 420, so, like, oh, yeah. I was just like, and Ricky doesn't smoke, but, like, you know, I was like, I was like, ooh, Perry's playing real fast today, and I'm just looking at what he looks like. Which is, like, the opposite effect that yeah. you would think, based off of... <laughs> it's like, oh. 
Man, playing Kim Stone and playing drums is just such a fun fucking time. <laughs> well, I like writing when I'm in that state yeah. of mind, but as far as playing specific yeah, songs yeah. that we hadn't touched in months, <laughs> that was definitely not the move. Well, we were, well, the thing with like Liquid Smoke, too, it's like, um, like I know the guy who like books it, that guy Eric who was there, and he, um, you know, like they're very big on like, don't be too loud there. So like we have a couple different versions of a 40 minute set that we can play. And we're like, okay, well, we're not going to play. We're going to play some stuff that's a little less balls to the wall for part of the set but we're still gonna you know peek it out at the end and and um you know we're like oh yeah you know these you know like some of the songs we released last year but we haven't actually played them in any shows because we keep having these 30 minute like straight banger sets <laughs> that we do so we always play the same combination of like the hardest songs that we have when we do those short sets so it's like oh wait we haven't played these songs in three months like oh no i forgot how to play guitar <laughs> i was um you guys didn't play my favorite Spirits Republic song, What's that? which I can't remember the name of, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, I um, someone that's like, Yeah, 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 I am Lord, yeah, 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 good on a Wednesday. Let's say that's the one, I just no. start on a lot of tune, just, uh, figured, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, the one with like uh like severe synth auto tune and um, a drum drum machine. You just replace Perry for easy. Get the fuck out of here. That's all. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Drum um, number nine has to be. I think you're located. I think in the lyrics, you're, you're saying uh dream eater in the chorus. It might not be dream eater. Dream eater. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'll find it. And, uh, but yeah. I feel like it'd be ego angel. What did you sing in the chorus for? Other than um, ego angel, ego angel. I'll find it. Like, you'll find it. You is know, it droney? Yeah. Is it more funk? Is it more? Does it have slap bass in it? That a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But no. also, um, something I really like about you guys as a group is how um, there's there's so many changes. Like it reminds me. Um, this is a weird comparison, but like um, Paul McCartney's solo career. I love Paul McCartney. I fucking love career. Paul McCartney. Like, I'm too. a huge fan. That's like what I was listening. That's what I listened to a lot of the time. And like, I love, I feel like a lot of my, because I wasn't always a singer. Like, I only started singing when I was like 18, but like Beatles and like specifically Paul McCartney solo music, as far as like cramming together songs in the way we do. Yes. That's where I, well, he's more into the prog and like metal. I, li I like my prog, but like, um yeah that's how i like see songwriting I'm like well the beatles did it you know like yeah you pretty much take any given part and as long as you write a decent transition can kind of bridge whatever idea he was a master at that and he still is man. yeah and, and you guys are too like where it's like it 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 like crazy change-ups but it makes sense like um you're doing prog drums but it's like it's not out of nowhere like um it, it the song changes and then comes back it, it's fucking if you haven't seen spirits republic it's a fucking trip um definitely check them out at cobra coming up um but yeah you said you you've been listening to paul mccartney i'm like recently always listening to beatles and paul mccartney <laughs> yeah. it's like a constant my first um, tattoo was a Beatles tattoo. Actually. Oh yeah, Sweet. where's that at? It's right here. Blackbird flax, big blackbird. Oh nice. Cool. He's lying. It's a tramp. You know what's so fun? You, know, you, know what the <laughs> you gotta is? show us now. <laughs> I don't know how to play blackbird on guitar. I yeah, I learned it once, but I didn't learn like the picking pattern or anything. I just learned the chord. So it's like... I I don't know. Like I feel like every year, like it's just someone's in display. What do you mean you know the blackbird? I'm like, yeah. Oh. Like I know how to play all these like weird, crazy songs. I learned fucking Donna Lee at one point like, in college, <laughs> and I don't know how to play blackbird. <laughs> I think I should do that today. 
what about like um like in the house growing up like what did your parents listen to so my parents really didn't like, believe it or not my parents actually don't have like any like any impact on my musical mm. taste <laughs> like my dad listened to like doo-wop okay and like he did like the beatles but not like the fun beatles so like i, I never hated the beatles or anything but like it's actually like she loves you yeah and like all like the early beatles yeah my grandparents are the um, same way. my mom really liked billy joel and like i'm yeah, I'm from Long Island. It's a like standard issue. Yeah. But like, <laughs> um, no, it wasn't a very musical household. My older brother is like a pretty crazy musician. So like, I feel like he like, he was really into like Blink-182 and Green Day and like all that stuff when I was like really young. So that kind of like started the rock, the rock talk, obsession. Talk about your Weird Al. I love Weird Al. Oh yeah. oh yeah. First piece of music I ever bought was Weird Al running with scissors on cassette. Hell yeah. yeah. I need to watch that movie. Oh, this is fantastic. It's so good. I, I was wary of it until I heard that the director specifically uh, wasn't trying to, like, uh, that's a mockumentary kind of thing. Yeah. None of it's yeah. true. Okay, yeah. that's that's exciting. <laughs> Almost none of it, I think. I feel like that is the perfect way to do that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's like, it's really good. Like, I'll have to check should, it out, you too. Should, you should watch it. Oh, yeah. Um, what kind of music did you listen to growing up? So I have got kind of like an interesting hybrid of my dad was all about the smooth jazz, Kenny G, you know, CD 101.9 was like the New York smooth jazz radio okay. station before it switched formats. So I remember just like going to the dry cleaners to pick up like dress shirts with him and just having it play in the car and just, yeah, a lot of memories of that stuff. Um, so through that, you know, like Bob James, Spyro Gyra, a lot of kind of that really like groove oriented stuff. And then my mom was, you know, kind of like the 80s rock, introduced me to Styx and Boston, Fleetwood Mac. Um, but the two of them together were big into Phil Collins. And I okay. Think oh, yeah. That from Genesis to his solo stuff, that just seeing what a broad base of musicianship he as an individual had. And I would go back and I'd listen. You ever listen to the band Brand X? Ever there? That's like his fusion project. There's no vocals of him on that, but he's just drumming like an absolute madman. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think Phil Collins definitely was the spark that ignited this whole drumming thing. I don't know. The Tarzan um, soundtrack, though. Man. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, no business going that hard on fucking Tarzan. Come on. It just now. needs to be about gorillas. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> did you uh was drums the first instrument you picked up actually i want to say i touched violin very briefly back in like my days as a toddler i don't know this was like <laughs> during the suzuki method craze of like the late 90s early suzuki method? i was the only white kid in the class so <laughs> i don't know what the suzuki method is i've it's, heard of it but i'm not yeah so basically it's introducing your kid to violin piano so, like a three four-year-old age and just huh. seeing who's a prodigy yeah and this, <laughs> okay it got to the point where just the shrieking and shrill sounds of the strings my parents were like i think we'd rather you play drums <laughs> give us a migraine <laughs> that way <laughs> yeah no so violin briefly piano briefly saxophone in like middle school but drums i would say from like six or seven throughout i took a bit of a break when i thought i was going to be like running track and stuff more regularly yeah. and then i messed up my knee the last meet of the season in eighth grade i was like you know i think i'm gonna take drums more seriously less less likelihood of injury still possible but <laughs> right 
Yeah, but, I've definitely hurt myself playing drums. Just like stick flying at your face or something. <laughs> the worst, I think, is yeah. Well, stick flying at your face, um, accidentally hitting your own hand. Oh yeah, drum yeah. injuries are so rock and roll. I have more <laughs> than a few drummers like who cut their hand open on like stage and keep playing. There's like blood spatter everywhere. Greg from like, Maiden Mother Crone has cut himself dude, more Greg times. I feel really like he's such a good drummer. He's like, I think I still have some of my blood on your floor, Tom. <laughs> That's that hat, like cutting yourself with a stick somehow. It must have been, yeah. I don't know how well. <laughs> you don't or even just realize how it's hitting happening. The rib, so yeah. Or just having a cut that was already probably pretty. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. He's a madman, but phenomenal drummer. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, um, I, I'm sure you like Polyphia also. Yeah. If you're a Haken guy. I've only seen them once though. I saw them open for BT Bam on their Colors 10 year anniversary tour. Um, so I missed them this most recent yeah. tour. I had tickets to see them and Circus Survive, uh, mm-hmm. and and then COVID happened and that show got canceled. That was actually I'm pissed about that because that was at uh, Mercy Lounge, and yeah. that's just not gonna fucking ever happen again. Dude. Yeah, what's yeah. the story with that whole complex? Are they gonna do kind of like an exit in level revival or not? I really? don't think so. I think Cannery's done. Um, sad. Yeah, it is sad. We're losing. We're losing venues. It's it sucks. I mean, that's not like um Canary Row is not the only thing, yeah. you know. Like it's changing. It's um we're in we're in Neo or New Nashville. It's not uh it's not what it was in like uh 2016. Like I moved here around <laughs> yeah. the same time. So house shows are still going on in Nashville pretty heavy into 2016, and that was like, you know, the glory days of post high school for me i was just like going to my friends you from nashville i am originally from florida but i've i you know middle school to now i've lived in Tennessee. Oh, no yeah, yeah, yeah i grew up at a lot of house shows i was like we were a house show band before the pandemic yeah almost exclusively you guys remember the old dark matter it used to be yeah. in the you house know, fun fact i've never been to dark matter Really? I, I don't I don't I feel like like either like the shows I want to go to get canceled or I just have or not sold out of there. Or it's like a fall choice show there. that you can't even think about <laughs> I know I need to. to. I'm yeah. like always like looking at the calendar for shows I can go to because I feel like I just need to go there. Yeah. Dark Matter's cool. It it's um it's like like more of a venue now, but yeah. it used to be a house. It's always been DIY, yeah. It's like yeah. Crazy. Yeah, there were there were some nuts shows there. Um that's how Dagger played there Yeah, we played there, I don't know, a handful of times. Four or five, something like that. Oh, the reason I brought up Polyphia, though, mm-hmm. um, when you were talking about the Suzuki method, um, he was classically trained on uh, violin at a really young age. Absolutely. And yeah. he talked, or uh, Tim Henson, and um, he was he just talked about how much he fucking hated it, and he picked <laughs> up the guitar as soon as he could. He's like, fuck this. A lot of it's part of that. I think if you're something's being drilled into your head, you're like, I know I like music, but if it's not this instrument, mm-hmm. so many others that can try. I have yeah, no guitar knowledge whatsoever. <laughs> I'm pretty bad at the drums. <laughs> I had a couple of phases where I could pick up and kind of play like a disco beat, but like it doesn't last. <laughs> Do you ever just mess around on the kit? No, nah, he, he keeps his kit at my house, but like very rarely. <laughs> Very rarely. Sometimes I'll be like, I just feel saucy. I'll go in there and be like, I suck. <laughs> and I'm tired and my like I feel stiff. I don't know how to Honey do this. Dagger is the same way. He's like, let me try this. And you're like, please don't. <laughs> yeah, really. Speaking of badass uh, drummers, Austin is a Dude, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Austin's mm-hmm. nuts. He's he was, you know, a, a band kid in high school. So okay. like he just has those roles and stuff down. Like he's had them for forever. So I was um 
I was telling like that was the first time I'd seen Honey Dagger, which is crazy to me. Yeah, because I've I've known you guys a while. Now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've I've seen Scott in a couple other projects, mm-hmm. but um, I was I was really blown away how tight you guys were last night. Uh, Thanks, like I was telling Scott, like both of you like really have a lot of control over your voice, mm-hmm. and he was saying that you guys um yeah, yeah. were in the same uh we were in choir yeah um it was chorale the you know upper whatever echelon of the choir we were you know fancy schmancy but um yeah we were little tenor boys you know singing pretty for it's a tenor boy boy. (laughs) that was us man when did uh you first pick up guitar i first picked it up i was probably like six or seven i didn't really stick i think i was in like like second or third grade like i had this like it was like one of the little squires it was like that big um and then i picked it up like actually like i like started taking lessons again i think i was like 11 and just kind of stuck with i was really unathletic i still am so like sports did not really happen for me when it happened for everyone else so i was like i gotta figure something out or else it's just nothing's really gonna happen for me i'm never gonna you know like be sexually active or anything. <laughs> like it's just not looking good you know looking at my genetic pool I'm like it's not good like one at a time one person in every generation gets like the athletic gene and that was definitely my younger brother so like um yeah but I hit it pretty hard and I like was pretty obsessed with like different like like Metallica and like weirdly hair metal and like, I loved Guns N' Roses at like that age and eventually I'm told they were like up up and coming so i like just like started going nuts and learning like every song in guitar hero too and like um and so it went i feel like so, guitar hero was a very good like gateway for a lot of kids like you know whenever that came out like that oh we were shaped yeah. my music taste as a child oh yeah we were i mean we played that sh- non-stop it was like the people i learned to play music with too yeah, like that's what yeah. we did mm-hmm. we weren't like trying to jam yeah <laughs> and um and there was a couple songs i'm like man this is so hard in guitar here i think like sweet child of mine like, yeah i was like this can't be that hard of a song i recorded on guitar when i was like 12 and i was like it's so much harder in guitar here than actual <laughs> guitar and what's there's so many more like things going on in that that are like not actually in yeah. the song itself yeah i learned that riff in like an afternoon <laughs> yeah yeah i was like a kid and everyone was like whoa i had like my like tiny little marshall amp and yeah. my, uh, i had a schecter hell yeah Schecter's actually great so great guitar like i mean i don't regret selling it because i got like a i don't remember what guitar i got when i sold that but great guitar yeah Schecters yeah. are great for like you know hardcore metal stuff like tapping i don't know i've had like one before but you mentioned um, your older brother and your younger brother. Is it three of you guys? Yeah, three. Three boys. Do you have siblings? I have a younger sister um, who's not very musically inclined. She took flute and piano lessons very briefly. But she was more athletic than I, so she played a lot of basketball. Um, yeah. When uh, What, what kind of influenced the decision to come here? Was it music? you were here first i've been here for like seven years um yeah i moved here like after graduating college like a couple months after and just the pursuit of music and not having to like cut my teeth and live in new york city and like do that whole grind just like didn't seem super attainable without like living at home saving up money and then like like i work in like freelance production and i was doing that back then and i was like driving these trucks through manhattan and it it was insane like i would be like on like 20 hour days like Hey, can you just meet at the shop on Long Island and like drive like to the Saks Fifth Avenue on Fifth Avenue at five o'clock and then go to the Jewish Museum in Brooklyn, drop off this TV. And I'm like, 
driving this box truck. I'm like, this is not, this is not what I signed up for. I mean, that took years off July. It <laughs> kind of did. I'm like, really? Yeah. I mean, I can still drive box trucks and stuff, but like, um, yeah, I just was like, there has to be another way. So I kind of <laughs> had like an opportunity to move down here and I knew a couple people down here. Uh, one of them being the, the first drummer of Spirits Republic who we played together in college. So I was like, okay, at least I know like a drummer who's down to like play down here and like, let's just move down here and see what, see what happens. And yeah. So did, um, did you guys already know each other before you moved here or? Nope. So I moved here coming up on four years. I moved here the day after my 25th birthday back in 2019 and Russell's fiance and I went to the same college together and i was like just like reaching out to people i knew in nashville so she put the two of us in touch we jammed a couple of times and they were looking the time, to the time came we we're like you know what we our nine drummers have not cut it so we <laughs> <laughs> this is uh my favorite lineup with spirits republic i mean this is it's the perma this is the he's the perma drummer oh yeah he's, he's <laughs> yeah, made it longer than anyone else it'll be four years in november hell yeah well it was good we've had a handful of shows in like late 2019 early 2020 shut down we wrote all yeah. this music and we're still turning it out we caught like the um like i feel like you know we had the one album we recorded you know the 10 like hourglass and that was like the songs we had written together the first year we were a band recorded that knowing that our first drummer was going to leave like he was like going this whole trip to europe and then he was like getting married so we're like okay he's done playing drums for a while and like we kind of just went through this loop of like finding drummers to play and like we were touring a bit and like just kind of played this one album a group of pretty badass covers and probably had written like two or three songs outside of that that we played for like years and then then we met perry and we actually started writing some some wacky music and fast forward we probably written almost 20 songs together easily easily because we have the 12 that like the six that we put out last year the six that we're putting out in a couple weeks and then we had four that came out in 2020 that i guess well, was, most were like pre-formed yeah is one of those a little bit longer no we didn't release that it kind of kind of what yeah. was the fourth yeah. there was decor city lights on a bound the kids cover I got kind of we kids. wrote it we wrote kids yeah, we by wrote, MGMT. We wrote kids. <laughs> <laughs> that reworking is so good though. yeah losing it's uh it you know ricky's yeah. actually the one who usually comes up with like the the banger covers he just kind of yeah. I, I also realized what he likes he likes things where like it's just bass in the verses mm. yeah <laughs> ricky's a motherfucker man he's a motherfucker <laughs> i know yeah, he's not. He's not. Let's give him a grope. Oh, yeah. well, especially just giving his background, like drums were his first instrument. So oh, really? The way yeah. he like constructs grooves and riffs on bass, mm-hmm. I can tap into, and it makes it super helpful. Whereas I played with bass players in the past, sort of like I'm just not as good at guitar. So here I am yeah. playing the bass. Do you have any ghost stories? Any ghost stories? I have a. I knew you were going to ask this because I do listen to this show. So I don't have any good ghost stories other than like I've been waking up between the hours of three and four a.m. sometimes, and I feel spooky. Um, (laughs) We have well, we have one that involves the two of us. Um, Do it's not a ghost story; it's a pre-ghost story. So do you remember? Like it's like October of twenty. We went to the zoo. We both had off for 
I guess back then it was Columbus, oh, Indigenous Peoples Day. Oh, you know where this is getting at. Yeah, I know this is getting at. And so you went to the zoo, you know. We had a great so, mandate. We went to like Little Joey's House of Pizza. Oh, that's right. Joey's. Joey's House of no, I don't know why I got Little Joey's. Little Joey's. <laughs> big Joey's. Joey's. Yeah, Little Joey got Big Joey. Um, Medium Joey. Yeah. Medium Joey. <laughs> Um, we did that. Yeah, we, yeah, we had a nice like mandate. We like went to Joey's house pizza. We went to the zoo. We had a day. You yeah. know, got back to your apartment and watched Scream Four. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds about right. So you're watching Scream. Eventually, the movie ends. I, you know, get up to leave. I go out to my car. I'm like a little paranoid because I see a Metro Nashville police car and a fire <laughs> car as well. So I was kind of living in the hood. I was like living in this. Uh, I was living in the an apartment complex on Murfreesboro Pike. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was a good size space. But totally, it was a pretty not great apartment complex. They were pretty awful. But, like, I mean, I was tight with the neighbors. You know, they had, we had each other's back and stuff. But, uh, yeah, so he calls me. He's kind of paranoid for multiple reasons. I'm like, but, like, did someone rat us out? I mean, two adult males did go to the zoo together. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so he was feeling a little paranoid by the time he left my house. And he calls me. He's like, yo, like, I don't know if like maybe they knew that we were smoking in there <laughs> because there's like cop cars and I was like what and uh yeah I guess the, the person who lived above me like OD and there was like totally was like that whole day we were hanging out was like totally dead oh, oh my shit. god yeah, uh, yeah. and I didn't really know her but like um I talked to the other guy who I did know who lived there like a day later but I kind of like went outside I was like <laughs> I don't I don't know <laughs> Like I don't think they're gonna come. <laughs> they're gonna come into my apartment and look and be like, "What were you doing? Scream four, huh?" <laughs> Must be pretty messed up to make it through the whole thing in that. <laughs> um, no, that yeah, that, I would say the vibes were down. I mean, the vibes were never great in that place to begin with, but like, I definitely like, yeah, things definitely did not improve. I feel like that place was just like a catalyst for grouchiness and bad energy. Oh. Yeah, so I guess not a true ghost story, but I felt like that was worth sharing just because spook story. As someone who's like really into paranormal stuff, I haven't really had that many like I haven't had any like real things I would consider. I've had people tell me ghost stories from their own life, but like I haven't really seen anything too spooky. I I can relate to that. I um I was always interested. I was raised like really religiously, and um I think that's a part of why. I was always so fascinated with the occult and the supernatural, um, but I didn't believe it. I just kind of like, I liked it aesthetically, like, mm -hmm. like hot topic. <laughs> so like, cause you're, we're Jehovah's witness, mm -hmm. right? So no birthdays, no, nope, no holidays. Um, all of that is pagan and it's right. not actually Ooh. Christian, which is true. Like that, it, they got that right. Like all of our, like Christmas has nothing to do with christianity it's yuletide no. that they adopted it the romans adopted it that's a whole thing but um like easter all of them so I, oh and birthdays that's that's pagan too because there's one example of a birthday in the bible and it's uh some princess that asks for john the baptizer's head as her birthday present so they bring her his head and it's like see birthdays are bad wow <laughs> um <laughs> Also, we don't celebrate Christmas, so which is the birth of Jesus. So, um, why why do you deserve a birthday? So, anyway, I yeah. Um, long story short, um, I didn't believe in the supernatural until I like specifically sought it out and like brought 
that on myself. Um, and that I've seen some pretty crazy shit um, that we could, we could get into that later. But um, yeah, I, I definitely know what you mean. Like, yeah, I was very fascinated with it, but I didn't, I'd never like seen anything. I just heard other people talk about it, which it, like, I'm still, um, I don't believe in poltergeists. Like, I don't think a spirit can levitate Ricky's brain. You know, I think yeah. that defies physics and that does not make any, any sense to me, but I think you can be tapped into certain things, which kind of gets into my next question. Like, um, where do you guys think art comes from? Like, what is, what is that? Does that originate with you or is that like a channel thing? Um, whatever order you guys want to answer that. I feel like it comes from experience, especially the human element of art. But now with AI and everything, you know, it's like, is it relying on us to provide experience for that generation? I think yeah. so. I think when it comes to AI art, um, that might take things in a level that I think all, all it can do is improve upon what's already there. Yeah. I don't think AI is ever going to come up with something original let's say because if you're having a reaction to art most often it's rooted in an experience that you've had at some point where it resonates um like ferris bueller's day off exactly <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i you know i think the idea of an original idea is kind of like that's not a thing in general because even if you have an original idea that's a combination of two other things that you've like combined together that you've experienced at some point in your life. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. It's very totally experiential. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like it's literally like your own interpretation of what's going on around you and your life experiences and probably like genetics will dictate how, and if you can express it. Yeah. Like I can't draw, like I really can't draw well. Like I like, like a smiley face. Like there's always an indentation in the circle, but I can play music. And that came to me very easily at a younger age. And I'm like, okay, like that makes sense. Skips a generation because like further down my lineage, there are musicians and musically inclined people. And like, it turns out like my mom like is a really good writer. So when I started writing lyrics, I guess it came easier to me than other people to be able to express in that way. Um, but I feel like people who do art, you know, some people can just like have some vague concept, you know, and just, you know, like, I know it's not in the camera, but like something like that, you know, like, like see something and be able to draw it and express it. Or maybe someone can describe it or write it out, you know, it's just, but sometimes, you know, like if people aren't challenged or have something happens in their life that makes them want to go the artistic route and they fit the mold, you know, they may just never feel an inclination to want to create anything. Yeah. You know, maybe if they had a traumatic experience or something, they would, you know, feel more inclined to write poetry or try their hand at like drawing or, you know. I think that's, that's a big thing is um, like trauma. Like, oh, uh, totally. Will, um, or so like, I think <clears throat> trauma can, um, trying to say this without um, like mystical terminology, but it's kind of like, the the everyone has potential in them to do a lot of things but like um some people don't ever have that potential actualized uh, because there isn't like a, a trigger for that and it's like i think trauma is a big one that like brings people out of their shell 
and also like um it, it can be psychedelics too i think Definitely. like acid yeah. mushrooms that kind of stuff can like kind of rework the way you're thinking and i would actually lump that in with trauma too it's like psychedelics are controlled trauma it's like i'm going to purposefully induce trauma on myself yeah um the the only reason um i kind of like go back and forth because i completely agree with you guys about like where that art comes from like it's experiential but like um the thing that kind of makes me uh still kind of like think about it i guess is like we were talking about uh, jazz earlier and it's like, that's just happening. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you couldn't really like, if you were to ask the guys doing that, it's like, where did that come from? That's like, I don't know. I just, it just happened. Like a reflex. Yeah. Involuntary. Saying that you're thinking about that and like, okay, I'm going to do this next is like, I feel like that kind of art almost suffers if you're putting too much thought into it. Whereas like, if it's a natural, just coming through you kind of thing, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the answer is, is it's a lot of things. Art, art is a, there's a lot of different ways to do it, I guess. That was kind of a rant. Do you guys have any thoughts? <laughs> no, about it's, it's yeah. all great points. Yeah, and great. like art now you have all the multimedia aspects of it. You have audio, visual, sensor, like, I don't know. My fiance is a huge foodie. And like, I was someone that before meeting her, I just kind of like ate to eat to like, just appreciating the art form of food. And you, you're this way too. Oh yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm definitely a foodie yeah. and I love to cook. I think if I didn't play music, I would probably cook. That's I use the same part too. of my brain when I'm cooking that I do when I'm like improvising. Okay. It's like, no I started one... to get there, but I'm still pretty bad at cooking. I cannot cook. <laughs> every, cause every spice has its own, like, you know, character. So yeah. I'm like, oh man, like I take a second, I need like salt, but it needs to be like smokier or like tangier. And I'm like, you know, and it's kind of like, you're like, you know, same thing with like playing music. Like, oh man, like I have to fit this like piece in here. And the sounds kind of like mellow and a little tame. So I want to make it like more exciting. And you're kind of like, putting little bits in at a time to make it, you know, what you think the best it could be. Right. And just knowing, knowing how the sense of smell is linked to memory and just, you know, you can remember something like you, you know, you go to a a stadium and you smell the hot dogs and popcorn. And like, that takes me back to like going to Jets games as a kid with my dad, my cousins. And just being like, like going to, you go to Wrigley Field, you smell the piss trap. You go to the stadium and somebody pisses on you in the parking lot. Yeah, that's like, art, oh, baby. Those, those were the good times. <laughs> the formative moments. Yeah. Um, yeah. But just like, I don't know, going out to a restaurant, which there's so many good ones in Nashville uh, coming out, and just like having that transient experience with food. It's like you'll never have that specific meal coming into it. You know, maybe you had a good day and you're celebrating something. Maybe you had a crummy day and you want to comfort yourself, but it's like knowing. Yeah. all the factors that play into that one singular experience and then you'll never have it again no matter <laughs> how many times you go back to the same restaurant order the same thing it's never the same right. yeah that's interesting like because you could have the same meal twice but not the same experience twice so i guess there's a component of that of like what you bring to that experience True. yeah it's like your palate could change like uh i i guess a lot i don't i don't know how that shit works but like um it, like things could just taste different, like yeah. Uh, yeah. at different times, I guess. 
Yeah, I used um, to hate olives the longest time. I fucking time. hate I still I fucking, still hate, I fucking <laughs> hate olives. I'll, I'll eat them on a pizza, but yeah, yeah, I can tolerate I can tolerate yeah. them in the right like a muffetto. Like I could deal with the olive spread. Pizza, we can hang out with a few yeah, black olives. Yeah. Can't eat them out of the But do you like oh, pickles? Love pickles. I love pickles. Love so pickles. I was that way too. I was like, love pickles, hate olives. And there's, like, there's a oh, salt, there's a salt. brightiness. Yeah. Saltiness. Yeah. I don't know, but I get it. A lot of people do. I um no, I'm a hard uh, like hate olives person. <laughs> All right. Um, no, Fuck no, olives. no olives. <laughs> uh, not even on pizza. But I love olive byproducts, like, like an olive oil. spread, like an olive a oil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have no explanation for that. It's just. I mean, it's not with tomatoes. I hate raw tomatoes, but I'll eat them cooked. You know, True. just or like tomato sauce. Obviously, it's an everything, but not everything, but Italian. Yeah, Italian, but yeah, yeah, it's fun. Tomato fats. <laughs> I think it's a texture chef thing. I actually hated tomatoes growing up. I would not touch tomato or tomato sauce. That changed as I got older. Mm-hmm. But like, I usually like I'll eat like one fifth of the tomatoes on my plate. Like if it's on a burger, mm-hmm. I think it's like the slime. It's like the the seeded slimy part. Yeah. I can't get past it. Tomatoes are definitely something. That's like if it's not, if it's starting to get old at all, like if it's not fresh. Like, it's not good, I feel like, where it's, like, as soon as that starts to break down, it, it's not good. Mm-hmm. All right, I guess, like, like uh, lettuce is probably the same way, where it's, like, lettuce goes bad really quick. Yeah. yeah. Spinach mm-hmm. leaves, if you leave them in a bag too long, that you get that, like, weird juice, and they all look Ooh. like they've been, like, pressed on or something. Right. But, mm-hmm. but I love spinach. So, this next question, um, no one on the planet knows the answer to, but I like to ask everyone what they think about it. Um do you have any uh, preconceptions about what happens to us after we die? Well, someone who's died before, uh, no. <laughs> um, I can imagine it's a lot like, you know, pre-birth that we entered this life from the void and we return mm-hmm. to the void in a sense. But also part of me thinks like, what if you get sent up to this waiting room and you're given some forms to fill out and it's like a self-assessment of, how accurate you that's think not heaven, my dude. That's not heaven. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. That's There's not no heaven or no. It's just a waiting room, and you're filling out forms, and you're like, "I died for this shit." I. How many times did I masturbate in 2014? How many, like, you know, what if that dictates hmm. your sorting? It's like you had no self awareness. You were an asshole your entire life. I think at that point, God's an asshole because it's like you didn't give us a fucking instruction manual, and the ones you did give us are fucking stupid. Yep. He doesn't have a great track record. I'm just gonna say, that. yeah, <laughs> it just fair enough. Plagues and you know, pestilence. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> what about you, Russell? I mean, so I am Jewish, so like. You know, like, obviously, it's like, I'm kind of, but more like culturally Jewish. I don't really put that much worth into the afterlife. I feel like we get recycled in some way. Mm-hmm. Like, some, like, I think our bodies, you know, I, I, like, personally, I find the concept of being buried very silly. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's just not a very, like, practical way to, like, use, you know, your organic material and, like, spend all that money. And, like, yeah. you're like, oh, let's go shopping for graves. It's, like, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> Like being money, buried you know. with your family, like who needs to do that? Like you're you're done, you're out of here. You know, if I can scatter my ashes around here, you know, the 3D printer in the other room, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yes, maybe, reconstruct me into something useful. But like, um, I feel like that, like you know, there's like we have energies, and there's certain things that are just kind of like 
just like related to like life and death, you know, that are just a little too like weird sometimes. Things kind of like fit into place at times or not, and you have moments of clarity. I feel like some version of ourselves in that energy or the soul or whatever has to be, you know, like, like I, I don't think it just ends. I think it, you know, just we end up in some other version that we started out in to be recycled into wherever. I mean, reincarnation just seems a little too like clear cut, like you were shitty. So now you're like, you know, like you're a porta potty now. Sentient porta potty. Poetic justice. Yeah, like you're now like a fucking flower in a porta potty because you were like the worst. Or like, you know, like now you're a cat because you were super lazy, but pretty nice. Like, you know, I feel like that's a little too simple for me, but like, I think there's gotta, like, I, I don't one of those people was like all right close your eyes it's done that's it like we're just who knows i think um on on the subject of like coming back and being recycled um in egyptian mythology uh, i think it's anubis holds your heart and weighs it against a feather and is that, that yeah or osiris anubis is it osiris, osiris? but well anubis is the jackal right i'm pretty sure it's anubis yeah, so i think uh, he's yeah. the underworld I Keeper. think I think it's him. Yeah, I might be wrong about that. Osiris is a shoe. Osiris <laughs> is a shoe. I wore Osiris shoes for years. I had a pair. They're comfy. They're wide. Got wide feet. So yeah. Anyway, continue with your. Um, and then basically, if your heart weighs more than a feather, he tosses you to Amit, which is yes, this giant crocodile, alligator. I don't fucking know. One of the two, <laughs> and um, that thing eats you. And then what's left after it shits you out, I guess, is like just the soul. And um, that gets repurposed, like formatting a hard drive. It's like, okay, you can do anything with this now. There's no data on it. Um, but like, basically it, it's like, it, it, it would be like a, like a calling of like, you have to hit a certain barrier of like, um, of character, I yeah. guess. And then it's like, if you haven't hit that, then you get recycled until you finally hit that point, which like, if it is reincarnation, that makes sense to me, I guess, where it's like, at least there's some like rhyme and reason to it at that point. Um, and then like the explanation for life in that belief system is that um, like the whole thing, the whole process takes fuel. And that's what this is about is, um, the cycle of life and death fuels kind of the whole like Amit, I think it's it, it fuels Amit, but it's also fuels the whole um process itself. Like basically there couldn't be anything without like death and reincarnation. So what is it that's eating the heart? Is it you say an alligator? Mm -hmm. Yeah, alligator, crocodile. I don't know. So is there just one of these? I think so. Forever, like just just churning out. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's just one. Yeah, I guess I could get behind that. <laughs> There's a lot of crocs in the Nile, so a lot of crocs in Florida, and look how that's going. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's a crazy ride, man. And uh, you know, none of us know what the fuck is going on. I think some people um, will tell you they know what's going on, and it's like you need to listen to me and give me your money because I can help you in the next life. And it's like, uh, it's probably like one of the worst things 
you could do for money. Yeah, what was Joel yeah. Osteen in a previous life? I wonder. A <laughs> piece of shit. Yeah, he was. He was the flower in the porta potty. Yeah. yeah, definitely in Florida too. And that they were like, you were a flower in a porta potty in Florida. Yeah, and that was your life. So we're Boca Raton. <laughs> so we're gonna downgrade you into being Joel Olstein. I don't know. He doesn't really seem that miserable. He seems like he's doing pretty well for himself. Oh, it's a fair point. You know, <laughs> hey, religion's big business. It, it yeah, that sure it is. Always has been. Yeah. Oh, have you guys seen that dude? Oh my god, I can't remember his name. He's like ancient, but he sells these like um uh, uh like huge meal bucket things. Jim Baker, I think is his name. I don't know, but he's like an evangelist like that, like on te- on like televangelist. He's like, buy my macaroni, my 60 pounds of macaroni in this gallon bucket. <laughs> Your soul will be cleansed with the macaroni. Yeah. Oh, man. I used to, if you know Vic Berger or like Tim Heidecker, like Vic Berger like does stuff with Tim Heidecker these days, but he used to work for, um, oh my God, Super Deluxe and do super cuts of like, like just cut up videos of Jim Baker's show, like where he was trying to hawk these like, you know, survival kits of ridiculous amounts of food for the after, <laughs> like, uh, you know, Armageddon or whatever. Uh, it was so oh, funny. so that's how he's that though. I don't want to eat a bunch of macaroni in the Armageddon. Oh, <laughs> you say that until the Armageddon comes. Rich flour, it's not even good. You all fucking chubby in the end. Like, Man, I gotta take a too. nap now. Hopefully I don't get shot with an arrow in the fucking eyeball. <laughs> yeah, you're in a survival situation. All you have is instant ramen. And it's like, this has no nutritional value for me. It's like the water around me has been contaminated. I can't even... Like, make it has to be just the dry block of ramen. Yeah. I mean, I would put some of those seasoning packets in. Yeah, you got it. Water. Yeah. You know, not it all of it, because that's way too salty, but like... <laughs> Like half. Get a little like, sodium headache. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the four of us could really ride out some cholera together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to know what cholera would be. Yeah. Like, when was that erratic? That was big in the I think cholera is still around. 30s. What is it? Cholera? Contaminated drinking water? Just oh, yeah. Happened. Oh, big in like the early Everyone industrial. was dumping their poo in the water because they were like, oh, oh yeah. this is water. Like, we just dump whatever we want in there. And, you know, gotcha. Drink the water and... And that didn't end so well. No, no. Um, I mean, you know, trial and error, though. We, would, we wouldn't know without their sacrifice. No, for sure. All right, fuck, Mary kill. Cholera, dysentery, giardia. Because <laughs> uh, I know all three of those. Yeah. All feel like rooted in the same that is. terrible experience. Uh, yeah. Fuck, Mary kill, all of them. Yeah. That's in that, the in that order. <laughs> um, attracted to danger. <laughs> Um uh, uh when when was the last time you cried? Let's start with Ricky. Okay. If you look on the bottom of the crying. brain, actually, yeah. it's a little little moist. A little moist. So right now, yes, yeah, so this conversation is really like he's like, this is so fucking stupid. <laughs> I cried a little bit at the microwave show on Friday, I'm not gonna lie. Because like that band, when my fiance and I started dating, we met on an app. So we're like what is the story? What's the lie that we're going to tell our <laughs> children, our families about how we met organically? And we were like, you know, we both love going to live shows. Um, so she would go to the exit in and end a bunch, you know, even for dating me, like she would go alone. She'd be like, I'm going to meet friends at these shows. Um, and so microwave is just one of those bands that we mutually were like, Oh, you listen to this band. I love this band. You listen to this song. And, you know, during COVID we, listen to much love which was their album in like 2015 2016 like i'm into them 
and the song Dull is like going to be our wedding song. So that comes on and it's just, I don't know, it's very emotional for the two of us. How so. fucking cute. <laughs> I'd like to think so. How the song itself, cute. though, if you listen to it, it definitely has some questionable subject matter. It's about like one night stands and stuff, but it just has like a very nice groove to it. And I don't know. Um, so it's not a common choice. It's not like uh, Whitney Houston or anything of that matter, but I feel like it's true to the two of us. So that's what's up. So yeah, um, years from so now, slow dancing in the mosh pit. <laughs> years from now, um, Perry and Alex's kids, if you're watching this, this part was a lie, and what they told you is true. Yeah, yeah. fair. It's on record now. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's on record as a lie, so you're still good. Yeah, I think music and movies make me cry. Uh, more same. than other oh, yeah. things that probably should make me cry i'm a lot of it i, I feel like feel yeah because <laughs> i feel like into you, yeah. as a general as a generation we've become desensitized to a lot of fucked up shit that probably would cause people to cry more but yeah yeah i feel you on that i'm very much like um it like when something happens i just kind of like process it and it's like get through that right and it's like but yeah some piece of media like that's what'll get me uh what about you do you remember i feel like i don't cry very much but i'm not ashamed of crying because if i do cry it's about something i feel like the last time and i i mean granted this shouldn't be the last time i cried because my grandpa literally died two days ago and i didn't tell you that i'm sorry i'm so sorry it's okay he was really not doing well for a while but like um i was watching the last of us yeah the the episode with um with the two um with the two dudes yeah. on the farm. I didn't was, cry a lot, but there was a little bit of moisture at the end of that. That's that a good one. Said spoiler alert when they oh my god. I haven't started yet. <laughs> together. Oh my god. Like the whole was episode so, I was like, so beautiful. There, there was mist. There was mist for sure. Yeah, that that's a good that was a uh, good answer. Yeah. It's like uh that one pulled my heart. I was like, that's so was that so beautiful. Did you watch that after your granddad died? Oh, you saw oh, no, that happened two days ago. That was a couple yeah. of years. You'll process that next time no, you watch it, last You know, it's different when someone's been sick for a long time. Yeah, I feel like yeah. it's one of those things where it's like kind of like we're waiting for that that day to happen because like you know, no one wants to be in that quality of life. Yeah, but you know, apocalypse mushroom people. <laughs> Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman <laughs> in love with another man for decades. Misting. Yeah. I um actually just watched I, I've I've watched the show and now I'm I'm watching it again with a friend of mine. And I noticed watching that episode again, it's like uh Joel and Tess show up for like a dinner party yeah. with them. But that's when they were young. So I'm like, wait a minute, they've known them for like 20 years at the yeah, point yeah. that uh like joel and ellie show back up i didn't i didn't realize that the first time i'm like they were friends with them for like decades um yeah what about you gabe um do you guys know the band granddaddy absolutely um i was so i was just shuffling some music the other day and hewlett's daughter by them came on it was just it just hit me some type of way i was driving and i was like wait what the fuck oh god oh no it's so good and just like i don't know why i just like you know one of those where it hits when it hits it hits yeah that's i mean yeah the the fact that like we can make things whether it's a tv show or a piece of music that like really like resonates and affects people i think is probably one of the most important things we could do like as a species Mm -hmm. does that song have any particular 
like meaning to you no it's it the, the first it just, time i'd heard it and yeah. it was just like so sentimental sounding and like the way it was constructed it was just like this is an incredible piece of music you know like it, it's like whenever you listen to the song it's like oh kind of basic in a way but it just the way they deliver it is so like i don't know it's a hit some for some reason you know i don't know i couldn't explain it I was like why am i sobbing this right. song it's not even sad it's i like, know granddaddy through a pup cover of i think 880 fm it's called mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. that's like the main song of theirs i know so i'm um, definitely checking out more is it casual sex that did the cover i know it's one of jack's but is it casual sex or big if true but they do a uh a 180 also okay anyway that's so that's how i i like um uh, learned of that band too and mm -hmm. then i you know have listened to them ever since but yeah i love granddaddy granddaddy <laughs> <laughs> so um how do you think human life began not not life in general but um the deviation from australopithecus to yeah whatever we are is there a missing <laughs> link uh were we put here i do kind of buy into that stone date theory a little bit in terms of just that's what an alien that's figure. one of the ones that makes the most sense to me too yeah um so for those who don't know and you can correct me if i'm wrong primates you know foraging found mushrooms found hallucinogenics in nature and you know <coughs> that was the start of their level of mm -hmm. consciousness at a very base level so, yeah um some some it would be um the oldest um psilocybin containing mushroom that would have been around at that period is called uh i think it's uh psilocybin hispanica mm -hmm. and it would have been like a big one um so you know wouldn't be hard to find whereas like psilocybin um i think it's cubensis is just like a tiny little mushroom like yeah it's like kind of long with mm -hmm. like a thin cap on it these would be like bigger mushrooms for sure mm -hmm. So uh, that one, that one makes sense to me or that there was some kind of like, okay, this is, this is off. Uh, I'll bring this back around, but um, I had um, a band called Vladipus nine on you guys. Oh, know I know that. Yeah, yeah. So I was talking to Justin page about, I was going to say, I want to hear his response to this. Great episode. That was fucking great. <laughs> Cause uh, we got on this subject and Joseph page started telling me about platypi. Um, the platypus is bioluminescent. It's a mammal that lays eggs. It has a beak. Um, a venomous sperm. Uh, male, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's an anomaly. It's it's, it's a fucking anomaly. <laughs> it should not exist. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I'm convinced. Like that it did not milk. Occur. It doesn't have nipples. So it like, secretes. <laughs> it's so weird. What the fuck is going on with the platypus? <laughs> and I'm like, that rate that itself raises a lot of questions to me. Where I'm like, that shit didn't happen. <laughs> that shit didn't just happen. Like you, like humans make more sense to me than the platypus. <laughs> so I'm kind of I'm kind of on uh, Joseph Page's camp about where we came from. It's like some kind of genetic manipulation of some kind, but like mm -hmm. a higher intelligence. Um, besides that, the stone ape theory mm -hmm. I think is the most likely thing to me. Is like um, some kind of uh, like a hallucinogen or something that like raised consciousness. But that that was my rant. Do you have any uh, input on this, Russell? I mean, there's just no way of us knowing. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Stone Day theory works for me. I mean, I love the alien theories because I feel like it's just we're such like scientific robot creatures. Like everything we do is just so like 
like we're just so programmed to be exactly what we are and like all our human urges and the things but like i don't know if i really believe that because like i just you know just not educated you know like it didn't really yeah. know or base that up by anything but it's just like how could it all be a coincidence or happen like so naturally when i feel like even like still they're you know finding things like oh maybe the big bang didn't happen oh like we just discovered something that completely you know it was like ten thousand years older than the oldest thing that we thought we knew like yeah you know it's like i, I don't know i don't know if we could know the um like a natural evolution over like millions of years of monkey to human also makes sense to me like yeah. that i um i think it, it like uh, none of us had said that the earth is five thousand years old and we originated from two people that were put here um yeah i don't think that's uh any of our uh preferred um idea about what happened which is interesting because um the people that wrote the Torah, like those ancient rabbis did not take that shit literally. And they didn't expect the people they were giving it to, to take it literally. That's like a very modern Christianity thing where they're like, yeah, that shit literally happened. And it's like, <laughs> people have only believed that for like 500 years. And I think that's kind of part of our history. That's not, um, not a lot of people know that, especially Christians, but like ancient Jews did not you, they believed it but not in a literal sense sure. it's like there's a lot of truth in i so i'm i'm a big uh obviously i grew up reading the bible and i'm i'm still um very fascinated with the hebrew literature uh greek greek um like uh new testament's also <clears throat> interesting but um i just i find um the old testament very fascinating and um this is kind of a, a tangent uh, but um, basically there's, there's a thing called gamantria. Um, have you guys ever seen the movie pie? Yes. Okay. So he's, he's, he's like from the tiger from the boat. That's life. Life of pie. Life of pie. Okay. You know what I'm pie. talking about. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie, but I have seen that movie. Yeah. So basically this guy, this guy thinks he's um, found pie it's hard to explain uh there's this tech company that's after this guy because he's like decoded pie <laughs> and um like hasidic jews track him down as well and they're like what you're on to right now is the name of god and then like mm -hmm. they so basically in ancient hebrew literature there's um they were really really serious about the way they told stories yeah. like there's a formula and if you're deviating from this formula, you're not doing it right. As Jews, we can confirm it's like this still mm -hmm. with those things. <laughs> keep it kosher. <laughs> keep it kosher. Can't fear from the Haggadah at all. So um, were you raised religiously? No, like reformed. Okay. Like we did the holidays and like I went to Hebrew school and got bar mitzvah, but like the, the Jewish study kind of stuff. I gotcha. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Hebrew school dropout. Myself. Like, okay. Bar dropout? Yeah. Because my parents wanted me to keep going after my bar mitzvah. And I was like, oh, no, no, you don't. <laughs> not happening. I didn't go to Hebrew high school either. Yeah. So you, you grew up in like a, a practicing household. And then kind of as you got older, kind of. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it's a very more cultural aspect. I mean, Long Island as a whole has very large Jewish population. So it's just kind of like the familiarity aspect. Um, but no, I mean, I, I appreciated that level of education and just knowing 
the stories and all the history that went into it. Um, but I definitely didn't go into the full serious, you know, traditional aspects of, you know, I love bacon cheeseburgers. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> I can read Hebrew. I just can't. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, that's awesome. Means. I don't know what it means. Like, I still know how to read it. I got gotcha. you. You have a Hebrew tattoo. Oh, nice. Yeah. Ancient lettering. Do you... It means if not now, when? That's cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I have a friend that's um, shout out to to Danny Burgess, uh, but he um, he's been on the show several times. But um, he is even more into like Gamantria and Hebrew literature than I am, um, and like he'll he'll go in and um, like read it in Hebrew mm-hmm. and like tell me this exactly what it means mm-hmm. like like not just the interpretation but like i mean there is a little bit of that because you it's you can't translate something without interpreting it mm-hmm. but um the shit's crazy like the way hebrews um like okay like if you were to uh there's a word for this but like you compare letters to numbers like a is one b is two when you do this in hebrew and then like read it and then convert it into numbers there's like um equations and shit like yeah. there's number patterns well high is you know eight plus ten is 18 and that's why you have so many intervals of 18 within jewish culture that's why you have like really shitty like gifts when you're like like on birthdays like here's 36 dollars <laughs> yeah so it's like yeah like like on your 18th birthday like here's 72 dollars <laughs> <laughs> okay so that okay that's interesting so that carries into the culture as well I didn't, I didn't, uh, I don't know a lot about that. I think that's neat. Um, yeah, the, the numerology definitely is an aspect of it. That's interesting. Yeah. And um, they, they had this other thing. Um, I think it's called chiastic literature, mm-hmm. but it was one of these formulas for storytelling where it's like um, a story has to start where it ends. And there's other conditions for this. Um, it's like a really specific thing, but um, the idea of a golem, like there's that ancient Jewish story about the mud golem where the guy like puts the name of God in its mouth and it like comes to life and defends the town. Um, they, certain, uh, certain rabbis believed that you could create a golem within a narrative. So not even mm-hmm. within the pages itself, but in a story. Wow. And um, like in the New Testament, Jesus talks about how the Torah is the living word of God. And I don't think Christians really stop to think about that Mm. where it's like, you know, whether, whether that was, um, whether they really believed it at the time or not, they were very serious about this method of storytelling. And, um, I think, you know, like, um, the, the Bible is one of those things like, um, like with tarot cards, it's like you're flipping through and then you pull one out and it's like, oh, this makes a lot of sense to me. Like I've heard so many stories about um, Jews or Christians opening up the Bible just to a random page. And it's like, that's so weird. This applies to me today <laughs> in this moment. And I think there's something to that about um, it's less so about what you're reading and more about your experience with this thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's. Yeah, we're we're way off now, but uh, <laughs> no, no, but anyway, isn't this the point of the show? Though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> down a rabbit hole. 
no. we, were, we were prepped like oh yeah we're gonna go way off <laughs> real quick <laughs> yeah so yeah let's keep i uh yeah i i think there's a lot of truth to that um i don't i don't i'm not a, a believer <clears throat> in a uh, religious text in a literal sense because mm-hmm. that's not what the author has intended you to believe about it but i do believe um that the people that wrote that were vastly more intelligent than me or anyone i know for that matter um just like the only thing i can really figure out a lot about gamantria with the number patterns is like it's so in depth that i wonder if the hebrew language was composed in conjunction with the Torah because it's like I could I could write a story and you could could like in English and then you convert it into numbers and it's just a random string of numbers it doesn't mean anything or I could write some numbers that mean something but then if you convert it to letters now it's gibberish again so how do you do both it doesn't make any sense I don't know (laughs) It's crazy I don't know if that tie-in is as strong very as very hope. bright minds yeah. yeah very bright minds yeah it it have to be like vastly more intelligent than like our society today so it, it makes me wonder about like um if you go back to okay egyptians pyramids let's say there's not any uh alien interference with that let's mm-hmm. say people just did that right with like super precision it's like one of the greatest feats of human ingenuity of all time and it's like but they didn't discover electricity or how to harness electricity what's that about because that seems like kind of uh kind of like an easy one to me it's like yeah i don't know maybe maybe not you know maybe it's uh the ability to harness electricity is like bigger than i realize i guess but it seems like if you're able to do these amazing feats it's like, or like the Romans is like, um, like Roman concrete, Roman fire, like certain things they did. They're just phenomenal, but you didn't harness electricity. You know, it's just, it's weird to me. Lightning yeah. is scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Not so, Ben Franklin. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, ben Franklin's got his kite with the key. Yeah. That's a funny, uh, I like that one. Or like uh, George Franklin chopping down the tree. I cannot tell a lie. Mm-hmm. So we have actually that's to get on that. We have some really weird folklore, even like in America, like where it's like just some weird, like almost like ancient archaic stories for things that are not true at all. Um, Like Columbus uh, discovering America or uh, yeah, Ben Franklin with the key. It's like, why, why is that even a thing that we say? Yeah. How are we not thought about like the Vikings sailing to Canada? Like, why was that not included in the, I don't know. Uh, Same reason why like America is like so much bigger on the map than it is actually. Yeah. True. In proportion. Cause like we're, you know, it's America, baby. So (laughs) egocentric. Big. Compared to Africa, compared to to everything. It's like we just blew up the size because like we're bigger than everyone. (laughs) Bigger, better, faster, stronger. Yeah. 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 And they're French. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, so much good house music comes out of France. Just making that note. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Justice. Amazing. There's a. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's this really um, crazy experimental band called igor oh i know igor so good dude i fucking love igor man and they're from uh, france as well is it a guy or a band i think it's a guy that also like um 
that has an idea and he like gets he just knows all these great studio musicians yeah. so he just gets them involved with whatever the project is at the time because i'm pretty sure like, george yeah. fisher from cannibal corpse did like guest vocals on a thing Shit. like it's oh yeah he did i saw that metal industrial electronic yeah i'll play some of the shit for you later you're gonna be like what not igor's <laughs> fucking great That's... don't underestimate my ability of but then he's like oh <laughs> i have to remind people music. that i'm french so i'm gonna put some accordion in there <laughs> yeah you know? the, the accordion it just throws me every time it's so good i'm so glad you guys know igor yeah. that's like one of my favorite fucking things i found igor just shuffling venetian snares radio and i think feel like that's a natural progression you know? <laughs> yeah you showed us this really cool radio app over the pandemic Oh, or it's yeah. like that right radio can... with a bunch of o's it oh, might have been but it's like um, you, can you go like pick the country, country and the era the and like the kind is like fast slow experimental and you can listen to like experimental music from like france from like the 40s That's wow nuts. it's actually really cool it's actually really cool i should That's i mean i dope. made a playlist of, of like really I'm strange like stuff radio I think. with three o's. i think so yeah. i think so yeah. there's um like the um like if you like get into like eastern music it's like completely different scales of shit yeah they don't add like the time signature is way different yeah it's it's um it's just interesting like it's all to do something like that you'd have to relearn everything you know like um like being in the western world to like Mm -hmm. to make that happen you'd have to just forget everything you know and start over which i'm not i'm not an instrumentalist i don't i'm not a music guy but um, I imagine that's like like learning a new language. We have it, a song. Like, I mean, the bridge in Cultured Sculptures has that Middle Eastern feel to it. What's that? It, uh, it's just harmonic minor, though. Okay. It's, that's American. It's American <laughs> sounding like, you know, trying to yeah, sound all like, exotic. Yeah. That's why, like, the 60s was so psychedelic because they were just, like, exploring new types of, like, ragas and stuff. We were talking about that, whatever. Yeah. Minor, me and Scott wrong, but. They just have like, to take like pieces of it yeah, too. And just like yeah. we can learn like a couple Indian scales and throw yeah. it in here and like holy shit, no one's ever even like seen yeah. or heard this before. <laughs> There's um I can't remember the name of the group, but um there is I think it's in uh I think it's in, in India, but um they're like they have it set up in such a way where it's like when they're having a conversation with each other like the word the the notes are like words and so it's like there is like this formula but it's like literally a conversation taking place like they could communicate that way and i don't peter uh, frampton <laughs> is that right do you feel the talk box frampton comes alive <laughs> kiss alive three <laughs> I can't remember what it was uh, um, that I'm thinking of, but yeah, there's a lot you can do with music. And I think like um, in, in Western society, it's kind of like in, in a vein where like you do, you can't borrow things, but it's like, you're still adopting that into like a framework that's um, recognizable. Yeah. Music's a weird thing. It's um, I, I know, I do know that like um, when you start to, practice it your brain actually uh develops in a different way um i think that's part a big part of like why like get this ingrained in kids like at a young age because it um it actually 
it's like it's like working out a muscle like your your brain starts to develop differently absolutely and they say it's great for preventing dementia in the future and just you know keeping your neural pathways aligned so yeah i don't ever plan on stop <laughs> to be musical i mean i definitely took a break in college um because i thought i was going to be a broadcast journalist ah um <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely regretted, you know, not playing drums as much. I did audition for like the, I went to school up in Syracuse. So big college basketball uh, atmosphere. So I auditioned for like the pet band to play up there, but I lost out to like actual music majors. So Ooh. curse you. But <laughs> then I got to go get drunk and go to basketball games. So not, not a bad consolation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in your own words, what is the meaning to life? 42 oh <laughs> good answer we uh we did hitchhiker's guide on the uh the book club at one point that was a lot of fun yeah that that's a that's a crazy read there's like six of them i didn't realize because i'd only seen the movie i've only seen the movie too and that was ages ago yeah, so that was a good child but <laughs> no in a more serious response to that question um i'd like to at least just leave this plane in a state better than how we found it, whatever that means, whether it's an individual basis, obviously being part of a community, I think is very important and just trying to impact other people's lives in a way that you can look back and be proud of. So I think at base level, the meaning to life is just, you know, forming connections and yeah. being a human being <laughs> and not an AI robot like so many of us have become NPCs. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Perry used a chat GPT in a cover letter. <laughs> <laughs> he is an AI robot now. Yeah. You got to make the robots work for you still. No, chat GPT is crazy. <laughs> I know. I haven't used it myself, but like, we'll see. It's, man, it's getting wild. Like, AI is, it's just like, um, like we are in the future now. Yeah. Future. <laughs> future. <laughs> I've, got, Chrome in it. <laughs> I've got more to say about AI, but what do you think the meaning of life is? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it changes, you know, but where I'm at right now is I think it's just all those little things, just all the tiny little things. Cause every time, like it's bad for your health to just obsess mm -hmm. about where you're supposed to be, where you're supposed to be going trying to control people and things around you to make your life better. It's just about somehow making it through every day. Just being a positive person, doing what whatever you love and whatever your purpose is and within reason. We also like work and shit and like try to be respectful members of society. But like it's just about just being being genuine to what's around you, doing the things you actually want to do, maintaining the relationships you want to maintain. And you know, seeing what you just don't know how, like, what can change. I think I really like uh, what you said about like being genuine. Um, that's I think that's a really good answer is uh, being true to who you are, because a lot of society will make you conform. Um, it's and part of part of our society is conforming. Like it um, is absolutely. Like um, it also comes with like relationships with people too. Like you shouldn't be putting a lot of work into relationships um, with friends, like family, whoever that you're not able to like maintain yourself, you know, like if you're not wholeheartedly in something and like don't really know where you stand on certain things or 
you know, having trouble getting you know, like yourself through the day, it's like, how could you be that person for anyone around you? You know, are you just going to go and float through and just kind of be a, a fixture in people's lives? You're going to really participate in what's going on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Really Wait, easier said than done, but <laughs> you know, all you can do is try and just, you know, just try to go around not being an asshole and just showing some love and I think you know, seeing uh, people for what they are, recognizing that and, you know, trying to squeeze as much joy as you can. Because who, who the fuck knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. Mushroom, mushroom apocalypse. It's <laughs> coming, dude. Yeah. And we'll be fine. We'll, the foy will be fine. Because if it happens while we're here in the studio, we got the 3D printer, we got the brain. Like, <laughs> we'll just build a rocket going to space. Yeah. We could. There's we like, have the technology. We have the technology. <laughs> we can rebuild it. <laughs> Let's build a Death Star that's like the size of Earth in space and just like hope that the mushrooms don't develop rockets to come get us. <laughs> mushroom rockets sounds crazy. Mushroom rockets a good band. Yeah. I was going to say, like, we probably have enough people in this room right now to start a new band. <laughs> mushroom <laughs> rocket. Although, actually, it kind of sounds like a dick. <laughs> it does. That's yeah. why it's perfect. This is actually, it's not really like swaying It's like, now, okay, stuff. now we're doing no, 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 no. Join the likes of Tool, Sex Pistols, you know, <laughs> all the euphemisms. Kid that... Elephant is about you masturbating. <laughs> Did not know that. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pearl Jam. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. Cage the Elephant, huh? Yeah, it's a, it's a euphemism. Huh. Wow. <laughs> the more you know. um back to the ai thing like chat gpt and all that shit um and we we are at a very and i'm sure every generation has felt this way but we're at a very unique and important time in history um like we've had automobiles for a little over 100 years um we've had uh like telephones for significantly less amount of time internet for even less amount of time Mm -hmm. and um wireless internet yeah (laughs) so like fine we're talking about like (laughs) 150 years max right about like let's take cars out of the equation just like um like telephones is like uh 50 years maybe and that's like this tiny little speck in the span of human history you know and it's um, in that short amount of time we've had, now we have AI. And it's like, so, okay, so technology is not like a progressive gradient. It's like you go up and then it's boom. And then now we're at another just even bigger boom where it's like the world will not be recognizable in 10 years, yeah. not 100 years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's it's fucking nuts. It is fucking it's, nuts. It's it's a wild ride, and I'm uh, glad to be sharing it with you guys. Likewise, is, uh, <laughs> it makes it a lot uh, easier and comfortable to know that you know you're, we're we're not alone. If you have a uh, crazy anxiety about all this, that's completely normal, uh, mm-hmm. because no one knows what the fuck to do or where we're headed. You know, uh, we have weapons that can destroy the world a hundred times over, and we're just all hoping that no one uses it which it's getting tenuous, like that could have happened. That could easily happen in our lifetimes. And we're all just kind of fingers crossed that <laughs> egotistical dictators don't do that. And we live in a perpetual state of, uh, it could just all blow up at any time. And um, this is true. It's been it, like this for a long time though. I mean, yeah. all the music we like is all born out of that notion. Mm-hmm. Of, You're right. Yeah. yeah, ever since the 1940s. 
That's a good point. Um, it's always been like that. Or it, not always, but like... That there, There's probably something to be said about like um, art thrives in this kind of circumstance, actually. You're talking about the Beatles. That kind of music wouldn't have been so big if it wasn't for Vietnam. Yeah. The total, like, people had a reason to go out and feel passionate and connected to, to music that took them out of the comfort zone. It reminds me of like um like Woody Guthrie too like this mm-hmm. machine feels fascist yeah so, yeah yeah it that's a good point like um we wouldn't have a lot of the things that we really value without the struggle and the anxiety. In the same breath, it's like you look at the music festival lineups of those days and you look at them for these days, and it's not really a reflection, it's no. more of a distraction. Yeah, so. a distraction. Let That's me go right. and get super fucked up and see this artist. Did you ever see videos of Woodstock, though? I don't know. Yeah, no, really they were well, fair. Yeah, that's a good point. It's not for us to say. That's a good point. Let's fuck in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I'm a, I'm a humanist. I think people are good um, at their core. I think we, you know, uh, hurt people hurt people. It's like um, things happen and then people perpetuate that evil. And But that's not who they are. That's not at their being. Um, and I, I think uh, it, it makes me wonder about like, I don't know about like reptilian overlords or anything <laughs> like that. But they were talking about a crocodile before that eats souls. <laughs> I guess that's a reptilian overlord, <laughs> ancient idea, underlord. Yeah, yeah, but that's not new agey le- reptile fair, people. Fair. That's ancient yeah. Egyptian. So that if that's more valid because it's old. <laughs> Pre Hillary Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Scoot. Thanks so much for coming. For sure. We'll probably end here in a minute. Yeah, no, thanks for okay. coming, Gabe. For sure. Okay. Good to see Russell, you again. Man. Great yeah. show last night. Um, hey, great great weekend. Where's your next gig? When's ours? Um, TBD, I believe. I don't. We don't think we have a date. We, what about the we, Hound Dog Symphony show? All right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty um, second, May twenty second, May twenty second. <laughs> right on. But yeah. Uh, Is that a Monday night? Yeah, yeah. Cafe Coco. Cafe Coco. I don't know who I'm playing with. Um, I'll you know release the details whenever I whenever I can. Awesome. See you, man. Drop See you, okay. For sure. Um, yeah, we'll wrap up here in a minute. What what were we just talking about? Reptilians. Oh yeah, <laughs> it makes me like with how fucked up reality is and just our societies, our governments. It makes me wonder if it actually is people or if it's uh, at the at the tippity top of things, or is that UFOs coming down and telling people you have to control your people in this way? You have to teach them things that aren't true about physics and uh, nuclear technology, just blatantly uh, not true. Or maybe it's, maybe it's um, maybe AI is more advanced than the common people are aware of. And it's like, I definitely think so. They don't just give that technology to the common person if they don't have it completely figured out. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It's like, um, like nu- like when they were developing nuclear technology, it's like super compartmentalized. Even the people working on it don't interact with each other. It's like you right, work on yeah. this very specific thing. And it would make complete sense. Like if, if nuclear technology is powerful, AI is like this whole other thing. So it's like it, it would completely make sense for. And of course, of course, the governments know more about it than we do. Like they're definitely withholding information. I guess the question at that point is to what degree like to what scale i mean if it was up to you would you trust trust the common people of america with such technology Uh, more than i would the government 
True that. You know, um, I think the government's not only, and not just our government here, but definitely them too. Um, they're not just incompetent. They're because I mean, you got a lot of brilliant minds working on it. It's malicious. Like it's, uh, they don't have good intentions for people. Um, I, I don't want to be that hyperbolic, but that's kind of where I'm fucking at. You know, it's hard to see otherwise. You know. We've known more about the inner workings of the American political machine now than we ever have. And we're only going to learn more. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. She gets declassified and it's like, oh, y'all were doing that, huh? <laughs> Man, hip, hypnosis is crazy. Um, I, um, have you guys seen the movie Get Out? Yeah. No, absolutely. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make this quick. Um, the the first time I did MDMA, uh, Molly, was uh, I thought I'd done it a few times before, but then when I actually did it, I was like, oh no, I don't know what that other shit was, mm. but this is this is Molly, and uh, I for some reason I decided I was gonna like take two points and then watch Get Out, which is a horrible idea fucking awful idea <laughs> curious as where this is going <laughs> uh and it got to that point uh you said you both have seen it right yeah. okay so it got to the point where he goes outside to smoke a cigarette and he comes back in and the mom is sitting there right and she's like come sit in come sit here with me for a minute and oh man he's sitting across from her and she's doing the thing where she's like ringing the cup and then she just starts asking him introspective questions about himself. And um, at a certain point, he goes like, wait a minute, are we already? And then like she puts him back under. But when he did that, I had a moment where I'm like, wait, what am I doing right now? <laughs> like, I was like, what, what the fuck is this movie? <laughs> and I got up and turned it off. And I'm like, fuck this movie. I'm not fucking doing this. <laughs> I'm like, this movie's fucking with me. And like, okay, so I've, I've wa- I went back and watched it again. Okay, good. <laughs> not in that state of mind, you know? And I'm like, I was definitely overreacting. But it does make me think about, are these things, uh, like, if, if you are in a heightened suggestibility, which MDMA is definitely one of those things where, like, you are very easily influenced um, are, are they aware of the effects that this will have on people? Um, is this intentional, you know, and I'm not saying Jordan Peele's trying to, uh, you know, mind control people, but it just got me thinking a lot about like, um, like media and, um, the, I I think hypnosis is very powerful is kind of the summation of that story. Yeah. Um, and MDMA too. So like yeah. my, my fiance studies biochemistry and specifically like the serotonin transporter. So with MDMA as an amphetamine, you know, it depletes your levels yeah. of dopamine and serotonin and you're just kind of like left the next day, you know, depleted, just depleted Ooh. and, you know, burnt out. And so, yeah, if that gets you into the wrong hands, you should watch Get Out. And just... or something. <laughs> yeah. But where I was going with this was just like, you know, if you're depleted and suggestible, there's definitely an element of vulnerability there that, you know, the wrong hands could manipulate. Yeah. So. 
And not all brains should be using that particular drug. No. Yeah. But not this all. one can. So that one we can. <laughs> we're, just, uh, we're gonna brain poke MDMA into Ricky's brain. Yes, May 5th. <laughs> that's that's when you and then can... again on may 19th or 20th <laughs> come see it live <laughs> perry's gonna inject mdma into ricky's brain um i'm not sure if he knows about this but he'll find out so <laughs> oh that man go well this is gonna play so fucking fast he's just gonna start stroking the bass strings just very quickly yeah <laughs> <laughs> He just touches it, and my name is Mud gets played. Oh, there you go. My name is Drug. Drugs are good, I guess. <laughs> um, brain poke out tomorrow, Cinco de Mayo, uh, and then um, the nineteenth. That's Sleeper. Sleepers coming out, and then the release show, Front Room Cobra free show with Kim Trails and Psychic Nurse. Psychic, yeah, Kim Trail and Psychic Nurse. Five twenty. Yeah, uh, be there or be a, a square which is not something you want to be. That's kind of lame. Um, no, yeah, don't be a square. <laughs> I really appreciate you guys coming. Thanks for this having us on. This has been really fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I know this is, um, you know, you're shy right now, Ricky, but you guys remember like in Futurama with the talking heads? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what this reminds me. I love me. Futurama. <laughs> it was like my favorite show growing up. That Futurama is like, you know, it's silly, but they touched on like a lot of like really deep shit in that show. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That that's my the favorite. Episode too. with the dog. The dog. Um what was the dog's name? Like the dog who like waited for Fry outside the pizza shop. Like I don't think I've seen that oh one. Oh my god, I talk about crying. Yeah. If you want to get a good cry in. <laughs> Do you remember the the beast with a billion backs? Yeah, yeah. The movie they did. Man, that one that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That was like Peachrama 2.0. Oh, okay. So I canceled like... it and brought it back. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was probably like pretty young the first run so i'm probably more familiar with the later stuff then yeah i, I watched actually i think i like that i haven't watched like the most recent season but then we kept it strong dude it's still going yeah i mean look I, i'm a guy who likes his adult animation yeah no, i <laughs> yeah, like like my my simpsons my futurama south big park mouth. still going strong big south mouth park. Yeah. yeah those are my big two also it's futurama yeah. and south park. i was basically raised by south park which is why i am the way i am fucking <laughs> Um, yeah, I've been watching the new episodes of South Park since the metrosexual episode, which I think came out in like <laughs> 2004 or something, 2006. So South Park is, like you said, still going really fucking strong, like, um, which is interesting because like, I don't think Comedy Central is as edgy as South Park is. Where it's well, that's like, why it's now all on like HBO Max, Paramount. Plus. Oh, is it? Are there, I guess Comedy Central has to have it. Still has it. Yeah. I don't know. Like who has cable TV? That's fair. That's a good point. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody. Um, my mom still has cable TV. My so, brother does too, for some reason. Huh. <laughs> it, I mean, it's settled it's, down. Well, the Long Island, like, wait, am I supposed to watch new tw- News 12? Gotta watch News 12 Long Island. Yeah. News and, um, like, <laughs> if you're uh, into sports. Sports. I guess. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. Yeah, I guess that's, I don't, I'm not a sports guy, so I'm not. Are there other places you can watch sports or is yeah. it just pretty much cable? So the NFL is going from Sunday ticket through DirecTV to YouTube. Oh, shit. So, so it's like a YouTube premium TV. subscription. I mean, that's smart. That's yeah. a good move. For so them. it's going to be a good move because there's so many good movies on YouTube and things too. So I might do that come September. Let's see. Nice. <laughs> um, well, gentlemen, thank you for being here. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah a lot of fun. Thank you, Alice. Thanks, Alice.
Yeah. Thanks, Alice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. We'll, We'll see you next week. Check out these guys and what they're doing. Links below.